Have you wondered about whether or not God was real, if a higher being exists, or you've had some experiences with God you want to share? Maybe you're just questioning it all. Well, Ordinary People, Extraordinary God, Conversations for the Soul with Janelle LaRue and Friends discusses all of these topics and asks its guests the question, when did you know God was real? So if it's you wondering whether or not God is real, or you're wondering if that higher being exists, or you're just questioning it all, tune in and join the conversation with us on Ordinary People, Extraordinary God, Conversations for the Soul with Janelle LaRue and Friends, streaming where podcasts are available. Welcome to Ordinary People, Extraordinary God, Conversations for the Soul with Janelle LaRue and Friends. And today we have Gabrielle Hodgson who is an author, she's a dynamic woman of God, a wife and a mother, and we are just going to get right into the big question, the one that we always ask. Gabrielle, when did you know God was real? Wow, thank you, Janelle, um, first and foremost for having me <laughs> on, um, and I'm just very humbled to be on this platform. This is actually my first podcast. I pause a little bit because I'm like running through my memory. Like, I don't think I've been on a, in a podcast forum before. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm honored to be here. Awesome. <laughs> okay. So when <laughs> did I know God was real? Um, the, the moment in time when I knew that God was real was when I actually was taking a car ride down, driving from the Northeast all the way down to Florida. Um, I had my son and my son's father in the car and we were taking turns driving um, when one would get kind of sleepy, the other one would take over and vice versa. And I remember um, the moment we were in Florida and, you know, my son's father was just like ready to get there. Um, but I knew he was tired. So I'm like, oh, I'll take over. So I'm driving and I'm listening to the radio and I'm, when I drive, I need music that I know the words to because that is really what helps me stay focused. It helps me stay up. And I, there was a, I don't know why I didn't have like a CD playing or anything, but I was listening to the radio and then what I thought was a commercial came on. I'm like, oh, I'll be good. You know, this commercial came on, but it happened to be an infomercial and it just kept going and going. And next thing I know, I fell asleep. And I woke up by the, I was woken, I woke, I was woken up by the sounds of the car hitting orange construction barrels on the side of the road. Now, mind you, again, I had my son's father in the car. I had my son. My son was probably three or four at the time um, in the backseat. And when I look up, there's no cars as far as I can see. I'm on the highway um, and no cars behind me as far as I can see. Um, but I was able to swerve, you know, and just kind of get the car under control and then park on the side of the road. And I was just frantic after that. But um, you want to talk about, <clears throat> excuse me, you want to talk about God being real. Um, that was nothing but. So, yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so what were, what were those moments afterwards? Like, I know you said you were frantic, but 
when was that when was the realization like when did that happen like oh my gosh what you said was i know that wasn't anything but god did you notice that or realize that no in that moment not necessarily not it, it was like afterwards when you have a time to really digest what happened in that moment you're you're just in a, in a second you know you said you may say thank you god you know if, if you so choose you may not um and then you're just at least for me, I was just like in a panic, um, and I and and just mm. happy that you know the car didn't flip over, that we didn't hurt anybody else, we didn't hurt ourselves, you know, that my son was like strapped in, um, and you know he was, it wasn't like he was like fussy or anything afterwards, um, you know, and my son's father was just working to like calm me down, but you know it was definitely moments after that when you're really just looking back and you think of, and you start to think about at least for me when you start to think about all the times that you were covered um and yeah other moments that may not have looked exactly like that but that it couldn't have been anything but divine intervention mm. wow cuz i i remember in the story you talked about there not being anyone behind you Right, and they're not being anyone in front right. of you, and that sticks out for me because I had a similar experience, mm. not with falling asleep, but I was on my way to a job. I used to work like three oh, wow. jobs, <laughs> and I was it was snowing, and I thought that they would cancel the event, and they didn't, but they didn't realize the snow was going to get that bad, and neither did I. So I'm on a turnpike, mm -hmm. and I I can't remember how it happened because because I was driving. Regular speed limit, slow. It was icy out. It was like slushy snow. And I was just, you know, making my way. But I started, like, sliding on the ice. And I was sliding towards the, um, it's, there's, like, these big walls on the PA turnpike. Mm -hmm. And I started sliding towards that wall. And I took my foot mm -hmm. off the brake. I took my foot off the gas. And I was like, Lord. Lord, <laughs> what's up? Like, Lord, okay. Okay, and I was just right. bracing myself. And I didn't, I may have come probably like three feet from mm -hmm. the wall. And when I tell you there was nobody mm. in front of me, nobody behind me, because I should have got, I should have either hit that wall right. or somebody should have plummeted in the back of me. So when you said that, I was like, okay. <laughs> It just took clear, yeah, clear a path, um, a path for safety, not yeah. just for you, but for others, um, because there's literally no reason that there shouldn't have been any cars on this, you know, three, you know, three lane highway. I, I, I'm trying to remember yeah. if it's still called 95 when you get down that far, which I believe it is because there was cars on the other side of the road. Um, I remember that very vividly. And I'm just like. You know, when I swerved back on the road, I, you know, I possibly could have swerved into someone, but there wasn't. There just wasn't. So, yeah. Just grateful. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's just amazing to me. That is amazing to me. So, um, from that experience, like, what, I guess my question now is, like, how have you seen God working in your life? Um, and you could talk about prior to that situation, but, you know, after that, even up until now, like, what are some of the things that your mm -hmm. author, 
um, you're working on quite a few <laughs> things uh, we've talked about in conversation. And I'll let you have, you know, talk about that in a, in a second. But yeah, tell us, you know, what has it been like? What is the relationship like? Like, how has God been working in your life since I mean, that time? I think he, he's always been at work um, before that time, during that time, after that time. Um, and he really shows up in the moments where I remember some, uh, one of the best piece, pieces of advice I've ever gotten in my life. Um, it was from a, a man named Ray Rivera. And if we, we were doing something like working on this project. And, um, one time he was telling the team that don't worry about the, the how, um, just know the why and the how will always come. Um, and it was something I really mm -hmm. like in the moment I took to heart, but with each year that has passed since I've had that conversation, heard that statement, and it's been years, um, when I really need something to move in my life or really just want something to move in my life, that statement just always floats to the top of my thoughts, the top of my heart. Um, mm -hmm. And when I really, really lock into my why, the how has never failed to reveal itself. Um, and, and to mm -hmm. me, that's something divine. Um, it's the universe, it's God, you know, it's, it's energy. All of those things begin to align and it's just things you can't explain. Um, I'll say he continues to show up in my life, in my space, through, you know, my family, through my health, um, you know, because those those everyday things that some people you, you find either from afar or up close that you're like, that make, make you say, you know, why me or why not me? Um, and then you really just look at your life and mm -hmm. how it has aligned, even if we just think about this year. Um, in the pandemic, my husband and I, sometimes we just walk in our house and literally we're just walking in our house, maybe from walking the dog and we might just go, thank you, God, you know, just to have a roof yeah. over your head, to have a space that you don't just call home, but it feels inviting. It feels, you know, like somewhere you want to be. Um, you're there with someone you want to be there with. Um, I think all of those things are divine. Um, so it, it's not lost on me. It's just an everyday thing in an everyday space. Mm, that is so powerful. Super powerful. I think we're all kind of feeling that way. Um, and, and in different, I guess in different ways, depending upon, you know, what's happening in your life, but, you know, just having a, a attitude of gratitude throughout everything that's going on with the pandemic and, you know, being conscious of how things could be is always mm -hmm. important. So tell us about um, what you're working on. <laughs> what am I not working on? <laughs> um, what are you yeah, like I, I call myself an <laughs> author, which is funny to say out loud or to hear someone else say that um, just because it's a role that I'm, I'm newly embracing. Um, but even more than that, I, I consider myself mm -hmm. a content develop developer. Hmm get my words together a content developer mm -hmm. because I'm always <laughs> filled with words and I'm always filled with ideas um and and looking for ways to add structure to something um so my most recent project is a book um which is actually my second release and it's titled Blending Bailey and it is a personal narrative about mm -hmm. um I go in and out of like ways to describe it, but if I had to put it into a sentence, it's just about life's arc 
and specifically my life's arc through the lens of family. The title itself was Mm. inspired um, through a conversation with a friend, which I wish I could take full credit for the genius that is the title. Um, In my opinion, it's genius. But uh, my husband and I, we have a blended family. We biologically do not have any children together. Um, But if you ask me, I have four kids. So I don't, I I do my best to like separate, separate, you know, outwardly or inwardly. Um, And it is quite the adventure. It is quite the adventure. If anybody has Mm. been in the blended (laughs) dynamic, whether you were raised in one, whether you're um, raising one, then you know that there are different things um, that make it an adventure. And she jokingly, my friend was like, you guys need your own sitcom. Um, This was years ago before the seed was even planted in me to write a book. And she jokingly titled it Blending Bailey because Bailey is actually my maiden name. And so that is where the full full title Ah, came from. Um, And so when it came time to write this book and I started, I, I got to the phase where I was starting to consider titles, that was... I mean, in my mind, there was no other title that made sense. It really wasn't, um, especially because mm-hmm. when I did get married, one of the things before we officially, you know, <clears throat> walked down the altar was I really struggled with changing my last name. And and I, I talk about this briefly in the book, um, but changing my, my last name from Bailey to Hodgson was not an easy decision at all for me. Um, And I know for some it is. And then for those who may hear and say, oh, you were battling with that. Why'd you change it? Or why didn't you hyphenate it? And those were things that I explored within myself, things I had outward conversations with my husband about. But for me, my entire identity up until that point was tied to that name. Um, And I mean, we Mm. talk about home ownership. We talk about giving birth, you know, to my child. We're talking about getting my college degree. We're talking about publishing my first book. And the list just goes on and on and on and on and on. And it is almost for me, it almost felt like an erasure of all of those things that were accomplished under that identity. So I had to find a way to bring that identity, blend those things into my quote unquote new identity along with my new last name. And so in part, that was also very, um, you know, metaphoric as it relates to the title for me. Mm. Wow. So tell us more about um, <laughs> the book. I'm excited. I want to hear more. <laughs> I'm intrigued because it just seems like it's a, oh, how do I put it? I want to say it seems serendipitous. Mm-hmm. Maybe the, mm-hmm. the name was and the mm-hmm. seed was planted there. Um, but it almost feels as if and you can mm-hmm. correct me if I'm wrong, that God's kind of been just ordering that yeah. step to this point. And now you get now, to share this story mm-hmm. and, you know, potentially help Maybe. a lot of people. What, what I've come to realize with my writing, um, because I kind of stumbled into writing in and of itself, um, authorship, if you will. I've, I've, mm. I've learned that, like, really learned to embrace writing and literature as a whole as art. Like, I think we, we know we have conversations about it as mm-hmm. kids, you know, but I think 
a lot of times we get caught up in the whole idea of thinking art and thinking very linear. We think music and we think like paintings or like digital creation, things like that. And, and not always thinking about the other ways in which art shows up. And I say that to say that this is art. And it becomes, once you put something out there to the world, it becomes subjective and it no longer be belongs to you, the author, it belongs to the world. And so in this particular piece, right. with this particular piece, people are going to take different things from it. Um, because in the, in the piece itself, in the narrative, I, I mentioned it's, it's life's arc through the lens of family, but I, I explore some themes of like friendships I, I touch on romance, I touch on parenting, I touch on um, still like memories of you just being a child um, and thinking about like, hey, how do you get from yeah. being a child to being an adult with your own children? I, I touch on the idea of parenting in general mm -hmm. and then I touch on the idea of co-parenting. So there's a bunch of different themes in there and, and I feel as though it's written in a very poetic way um, in such a way that I challenge the literary boundaries um and I, I know there's going to be cases where some people might have to go back and reread or they finish it and they're like wait what did i just read what did i just what did i just process and they might have to go back and just you know reprocess or just sit with the material a little bit longer which is something i'm excited about um because i think that any good piece of art yeah. challenges you to sit with it and also challenges you to kind of like look at yourself i've learned that my comfortable space mm. is is telling my own story telling my own narrative um and when i went into this particular piece of writing i found that it was important for me to take control of my narrative which is something I did with my first book and more importantly for not just myself but more so for my kids um, there's a lot of different mm. narratives that are going to come from their life's experiences especially because they have a blended family and it was important to kind of like put in stone if you will um, someone who actually lived through it for them to understand certain things, understand certain things about themselves, mm -hmm. understand certain things about their family dynamics, understand certain things about me, but most importantly, understand certain things about their father slash stepfather. I don't mm. get too, too deep into it, okay. but there are times where it feels very heavy. Um, I feel as though there are parts yeah. of this narrative in which he is very um, compartmentalized and misunderstood. And so I knew that this was an opportunity to help shape that narrative in a way that was more realistic and humanized his experiences along with mine. Yes. Mm, yes. Your husband's experiences. Yeah, it's interesting that you talk about that um, because one of the things that mm -hmm. God revealed to me, you know, I've been seeking a lot of information <laughs> over the last mm -hmm. few years just with my own relationship mm. with my parents. And um, as you may know, mm. my mother is deceased. She's been, you know, gone mm -hmm. since like 2003. And my mm. father is 73. And so one of the things I struggled with was, you know, mm. his absence for a long time. 
and he he I won't say he reappeared, but our relationship, you know, got back into gear after she passed, like immediately after she passed. And it's been slow. So you can imagine that's been 17 years of us cultivating and getting to know each other at a point where I was 20 years old and right. really didn't know much about who he was. And, and what I've been learning just in, um, and I think this is amazing that you're doing this for your children, is learning just mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the humanity of my parents, the humanity of my mother and the decisions that she had to make and the reasoning behind them being mm-hmm. the best thing she knew how to do at the time. Same thing with my father. They made the decisions they felt that were best at the time. Good, right. better, and different. You know, and it's helping it's helped me to soften, you know, the experiences. Sometimes as children we think, Oh, I, well, I should right. have this experience and I'm entitled to I, I should have parents that are like this and X, Y, and Z. And mm-hmm. you don't get mm-hmm. to pick them. You don't get to pick your parents, but I think a part of healing for me and dealing with, you know, family situations is trying to not only see their humanity, mm-hmm. see the humanity in my sisters because they have children and seeing the humanity in my friends who have children. So thinking of, you know what, I'm a person too. And at some point in my life, I intend on having children. And when I, what, what I hope my children will be able to do at some point is kind of empathize mm-hmm. with me because at the at the very least, you know, as a person, you are trying to build and raise mm-hmm. another person. And there really isn't a handbook on that, although there's lots of tools and resources. When it's happening in real time, right? you're not... You know, have you been reading my book? I feel like you're touching on some <laughs> you themes <don't>. there. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I need to. I need to. That's why I love the fact that you, I've never heard anybody say that before, that you were writing so that you gave your husband humanity. Mm -hmm. And of course it gives it to you too, but to be able to, your children be able to read it and and Mm -hmm. say, okay, now I understand. Okay. That makes sense now. And, and for me, and I know this interview is not about me, but you are like (laughs) stomping on some stuff for me right now. Um, what it did was mm. it brought me closer to my dad because I was able to heal the parts in me that I didn't, I didn't understand what happened. And sometimes we take, we take right. ownership of our parents' behavior or decisions as if it was because, you know, daddy wasn't there because of me. No, he was not, not there because of me. He wanted right. to be there because of me and my sisters, but there was something right. going on between him and my mother. And he made a decision to not do, you know, not stay for his, and he explained to me what that was. Um, and I understood, it was the strangest thing. I actually mm. understood what he meant when he said what he said. And I said, you know what? I get it. And when I tell mm. you something lifted off of me in that moment, it was gone. Whatever chip I had on my shoulder or whatever place was not healed in my heart, it was like it sealed right up because I finally realized mm-hmm. it had nothing to do with me. Even though I had said that to myself, hearing him say the words and then all of what you're what you're doing through your book, being able to give that narrative back to your children and say, I need you to understand mm-hmm. the context of what, what's happening or what has happened or what's going to happen, because it doesn't have to do with you. But we are absolutely mm-hmm. doing our best because we love you. 
No, it's um, you're, you're, you're just touching <laughs> on so many things. And I, I actually want to circle back to even you saying, I know this has nothing to do with me, but that's, that's the point, at least with, with when I write, I've learned, um, it has everything to do with you. It has everything to do with the people who shared, you know, the mm. editorial reviews for my book. It has everything to do with my, my cover collaborator, everything to do with the people who read for flow, everybody who picks up this book, um, I, I hope and I challenge people to see even the humanity in themselves, um, to understand their stories and their narratives better. Mm. I, what I did with this book, um, counter to what I did with my first book, I used names in my first book, but I, I did <laughs> by choice, artistic choice. I decided to lower, use lowercase letters for everybody's name, um, because I didn't want everybody to be seen as a proper noun like mm. thinking this person was this person and it, it, it sounds kind of crazy to say but like even though you knew it was a person something about lower making the letter changing it from an uppercase to a lowercase letter for their first initial um it humanizes it and it kind of takes the power out of that name and i wanted people to be able to see these individuals that are showing up in my life mm -hmm. knowing that Though there are individuals, maybe with a different name, showing up in their lives. And I say that um, to tie it into my current book where there's a few reasons that I didn't mention names. But one of the reasons that I didn't is because my story can easily be your story. And maybe in some regards it is. I want you to be able to see yourself and push yourself to mm -hmm. understand you better. Um, the other part of that is just protecting, you know, my family, my extended family, my, my fellow co-parents, as well as my children, because even though I'm sharing part of this story, this narrative is not just mine to tell. I'm only a piece of the narrative and it's part of my job right. as their parent to protect them and protect their story and protect how they want to share their story if they ever want to share it. And they will know, should they choose to read it, it will always be there. Right. Um, should they choose to read it, that they'll know. When they read it, they'll understand because they lived through these things. And so they'll understand the context even without the names. Mm -hmm. <laughs> wow. Wow. Ordinary people, extraordinary God. I tell you. <laughs> No, it's just a. It is. It is really amazing mm -hmm. how he just he works. He works in how mm -hmm. you get revelation and you get healing through just unlikely places. Um, you do and, and unexpectedly. He, he does, and I think about I and how about he the, the, the meaning it. of my yeah. name um, mm -hmm. and how it has it has forced me to embrace even that more um, in this space of writing. Um, the fact that my name in Hebrew translates to God's messenger. Mm -hmm. And so, yes. yes. Gabrielle. So there's this what? sense of responsibility <laughs> um, for okay. me to, you know, continue to share and tell these narratives. Um, because I'm a messenger um, and I, and, and I'm taking more ownership of that through my writing. Right. Absolutely. 
Gotcha. Gotcha. That's awesome. Well, I want to thank you for your time today um, and just for sharing your story, for sharing um, your experiences, <laughs> and then also sharing this book <laughs> because I do believe, yeah, yeah, I do believe thank it's you. going to help so many people on various levels. Um, and do you have anything yeah, else so you I'll want just the share, people to um, know the, it, it's, before we it's go? supposed to hit the shelves December 1st. Um, I say I, I give it with a slight asterisk to it. It might be slightly delayed okay. a few days um, just because I'm working out a few things with my printer <laughs> and we're moving into a holiday week. Um, but it Blending Bailey mm-hmm. it is it's slated to be released on December 1st. Um, it will be available on barnesandnoble.com, also lulu.com. It will be available. Um, I'll have the link on my IG page, which is hi underscore jinx. That's H I underscore G H I N K S. I'll also have the link on my Twitter page, which is at simply Gabby. That's G A B B I. Um, and I'm just excited to share this, you know, with the world because I, I've received um, really good feedback. I've had some great conversations, and I, I, I'm looking forward to how people interpret this piece of art and what you all have to give me in return um, from the experiences that you have with the words on these pages. <laughs> thank you, Amazing. and thank you so much I'm for so having me. I'm so excited for you. <laughs> so excited thank you for coming thank you for coming this is very um it's a little serendipitous in a way because there were so many parts of um, your story that I, I was not familiar with i know there's a whole lot more to get to know but thank you so much for being here we have just listened to the the author gabrielle hodgson um, of blending Bailey, please make sure you follow her on all of her yes. social media platforms and make sure you get that book on December the 1st um, yes <laughs> but this was Ordinary People Extraordinary God thank you so much for tuning in we well, love you, you we Janelle. thank God um, for and you and have a lovely evening we'll talk to you soon